Welcome to the AWPT Podcast, a safe space for personal trainers and coaches who want to learn, grow, and feel heard in the fitness industry. Each week, we'll bring you industry-relevant discussions on all things coaching, mindset, and professional development, empowering you with the tools to be a competent and confident coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the AWPT podcast. Today, I'm joined by the amazing Kayla, founder, AWPT, and we thought we would strip it back today and have a little bit of a Q&A. We're going to be talking at the end about our brand new AWPT course that is launching today, or for those listening to the podcast, it would have launched yesterday, um, because this is coming up on Wednesday. (laughs) Um, You guys are in the future. Yeah, at the moment, we are set up recording a live. We've got an Instagram live going on, we've got a Facebook live going on, and we're recording the podcast, so there's a lot going on. Content efficiency. I know, so good. Um, Which, who knows, we might even talk about in the Q&A today. Um, about content. Well, I have no idea what's coming up, so I'm excited. Um, But yeah, we're going to put Kayla in the hot seat because one of the things that we like to do a lot in the AWPT mentorships, but also in the AWPT eight-week course when we did that live was workshop. And even in the female-specific nutrition course, one of the things that AWPT is amazing at is talking about how you can apply the theory that you're learning in our courses into your work with your clients. So we thought we'd give you a little bit of a taste of that today with this Q&A. And then, as I said, stay tuned at the end for the brand new course that is coming up and how you might apply some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. And I just wanted to also like introduce everyone who is tuning in from IG and Facebook Tara is the face of our social media. So she is our social media manager, everything AWPT. She's absolutely incredible. She's done the AWPT mentorship. So you know the information is like everything that I've just taught in that. So if anybody needs like any social (laughs) media help, like, you know, I find like there is a huge gap with, Mm -hmm. you know, people who actually have the knowledge in the fitness industry and then having social media management. So this just combines everything it's perfect yeah no it's good having like an inside scoop into the actual product and the service and then also having an inside into the industry itself so you know the content that you're actually talking about um but without further ado before we even jump into the q a how have you been I've been really, really good. So, um, I mean, there's always going to be ups and downs as you go through business and in life. So, you know, there have been some things personally lately that have been like tricky to navigate. Yeah. But I feel like with every kind of like resistance or challenge, there's always like a lesson there and there's always Mm. a breakthrough that happens afterwards. So I feel really good like I feel just super solid super safe in myself I feel like you know everything that I've been working towards over the past like over the past even five years but like specifically more so with AWPT in the last three years is just all coming together nicely and I think it's really important that we realize business is a long game And if you're in it, the same with fitness, right? Like if you're in it for like the quick wins, you're not going to succeed in the long term. You're just going to be like, okay, all in, all out, all in, all out. And it's like, even when you don't see it working, even when your clients don't see results happening, 
keep at it because it will all start to come together eventually. So yeah, yeah, I'm just feeling, I've been doing a lot of personal development, a lot of reflection. And I think that's a really important component. Like when you Mm. are running a business, like it's not just about doing all the things. It's also about who you're being, doing those things as well. A hundred percent. And especially as a service provider and also as like a sole trader for, for the coaches, you know, listening to this and watching this, you are your business and that's something that you talk a lot about with your business coaching and everything like that but even within awpt is that people are buying from you and people are choosing to work with you because of you know your knowledge but also your personality because of you know the way that you interact with them and so if you're not taking care of yourself and if you're not also managing your you know personal development but also your emotional capacity or you know your work-life balance then that is going to drip feed into the actual service that you're providing Mm. like if you're in a bad mood um (laughs) or if you're having a bad month personally or whatever it ends up being like you can't let that fall into the way that you coach other people when they're paying x amount of money Yeah, I mean, definitely you can only really lead your clients as far as you've led yourself. Mm. And like there are going to be bad days, there are going to be down times and, you know, we are all human, we all make mistakes. And it's just about, I think, being really compassionate to yourself in those times as well because they're going to happen. Like we can't just expect everything to be perfect. We're not going to reach this like incredible goal and then our life will be perfect. It's it's always a work in progress. And I think if you have that mindset going into everything that you do and not expecting things to go a certain way, then it's a lot easier to manage those things because you know, it's great to have, it's great to have, um, you know, the big vision, but it's also like, if you get caught up in the details, it can seem overwhelming at times. Mm. And it's, it's day by day. Like it's, who do I need to be? What do I need to do? How do I show up today? And that can always be refined as well. I don't want to necessarily say improved because you have everything already inside of you that you need to do the things that you do yeah right it's just that as we go throughout life we suppress certain things we express certain parts of ourselves and through conditioning and through you know external influences we forget what we came here to do and we forget that spark and that fire inside of us and i think that you know being able to actually be so safe so secure in yourself and really building on that which is always a process yeah will you'll be able to to feel free and to feel open to express no matter whether someone is judging you or whatever's coming in from the outside yeah you know in yourself that you are solid and safe and you're a good person as long as you're as long as you are a good person. As long as you're being a good person right (laughs) yeah like as long as you're doing the things that are in integrity with who you want to be yeah so what are some of the things that you've been doing lately that has been you know on that personal development side and making sure that you're taking care of yourself um so just sitting in solitude Mm -hmm. is a huge one i think not a lot of us get the chance to do that these days with everything that we're doing yeah so you know my mornings are like my sacred time so usually i don't have anything scheduled like until about mid-morning yeah um you know sometimes with calls with clients overseas and things like that it has to be done 
Um, but I usually wake up early anyway, so I have a couple of hours before then. But um, yeah, just like sitting in solitude, like reflecting, journaling, um, going for walks, listening to masterclasses and courses, training. Yeah. You know, these are the things that are just like non-negotiables in my routine, reading. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just a lot of, you know, personal development work in terms of investing in myself, investing in courses, learning everything that I possibly can from, you know, all different sources and, and gaining different insights and things through there. Um, I just, yeah, I just really love it. And, yeah. and it's nice to, to have that time as well to yourself. Yeah for yourself because the best version of you is going to be the best version like you said before for your clients yeah 100 percent. i feel like too with a lot of those things it's really easy to like let them fall by the wayside because you don't necessarily see the big changes that they're making it's only when you start to sort of take them away um and we've got an episode where you talk about this with sophie allen coming next week um oh yeah but but yeah, like it's only when you start to take them away that you're like, oh, why have I been feeling kind of crappy lately? And then you're like, oh, actually, I've stopped meditating for the last month or I haven't yeah. trained for a month. Hmm, yeah. what could be going on? Yeah, and I also remember like when and the next next week episode, like Little Sneak Peek is yeah. on breakups and heartbreak and healing from that. Um, when I was going through my breakup two years ago, um, I was doing everything like I was like journaling and meditating and like doing coloring in books yeah. and like all the like training, eating well, all the things to take care of myself. And I felt like at the same time, like nothing was working. Yeah. And then, you know, slowly over time it compounds. And this is, this can be true in ev any in aspect everything. of life, right? This can be true in your fitness. Like I'm training. I'm eating right. I'm doing all the things and nothing is happening. I'm not seeing changes mm -hmm. day to day. But then when you look back, you're like, well, actually all of that led to, you know, this transformation that you kind of see. And the same is in business. Yeah. A lot of people will be like posting. I'm posting on social media every day. I'm engaging with my audience. Like it seems like nothing's working. And then one day it'll just all start to come yeah. together and someone will reach out to you who you never even knew was following you and watching mm -hmm. your stuff, never engaging, commenting, liking, yeah. anything like that. And you actually just cannot plan for that. Mm -hmm. Like it's trusting the process and trusting that the consistency will all add up and then start to compound over time. Yeah, a hundred percent. So with all of that being said, I thought we would jump in to a couple of the questions that um, were left on our Q&As and some of the posts that we've put up in, in the AWPT Facebook group um, and just yeah. all of that. I was going to say, if there's anyone on live, we can't actually see because we've twisted the phone. That's right, I can if see it any... on here. Oh, on okay. Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then if there's anyone on Facebook live, I don't think there's anyone at the moment, but if there's questions there, we can, t we can take them as we go live as well. Yeah, perfect. So... Um, let's start with on that topic of, um, like sort of not necessarily like an all or nothing mindset, but that's what this question is about. Mm -hmm. But with, you know, with clients and when people don't see progress and don't see the sort of compounding nature of small habits, mm. um, how do you 
work with clients to help them break that all or nothing mentality. Um, someone said they always think they need to be doing more, harder and faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and it keeps them trapped in a vicious cycle. Yeah, this is a tricky one. So like the things that you're doing right now are things that you have had to do to survive. Mm-hmm. So the things that might not be serving you now are things that, you know, they've worked. So you've done it, right? You get the result and you start to get complacent. So you're working from a, a place of avoiding pain yeah. rather than moving towards pleasure. So pain is an insane motivator. Pain is a really, really good motivator for human beings because it keeps us alive and our soul thing is to stay alive, right? We're yeah. not actually programmed and conditioned to thrive. And so it's changing that way from when you work from a place of pain, you're trying to really force things and then that force gets a result. And so when, oh, well, sorry, it, 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 causes you to create an action Mm -hmm. and then the action gets a result so you see that it works yeah however when you take that pain away right like you've done all the things um, I'm not sure if this is in relation to fitness or business but you've done all the things you've got the result you're out of pain you get complacent yeah so when you get complacent that's when the nothing approach comes in because it's like there's nothing motivating you to get away from the pain because you've gotten out of the pain so then you work from that pain that place of avoiding pain again and this is the cycle Mm. so it's like okay i need to work really hard i need to force it i need to like move away from this pain you know take the action get the result pain goes away, become complacent. And that's the vicious cycle that's happening. Yeah. So it is really tricky to change this cycle into more of, okay, well, instead of focusing on trying to avoid this pain, how can I actually work from a place of pleasure and moving towards the things that I want, Yeah. right? Because like in the brain, the brain doesn't actually know the difference between what things are, right? Mm -hmm. So if I say to you, don't think about an elephant, you're going to think about an elephant, right? Mm -hmm. So if I say, I don't want this, you're probably going to get more of that. Yeah. And so how can we flip it and reframe it into moving towards something that I want? Because when you work from this place of love and flow and pleasure, you do the actions from that space. Yeah. You get the result. Once you get the result from that space, you form this new belief, Mm -hmm. right? You form this new belief of, oh, actually I can do things from this place of flow and pleasure and a little bit more lean back and not trying to force and make things happen. Yeah. And so when you form this belief, then you get to keep working from that place. But it is really tricky because, you know, there might be like a time when you have to take a step back and you're not seeing it working. And this is where courage comes in is can you actually like do things without seeing evidence for it? Or another way is also, can you use someone else's evidence as evidence for you? Mm-hmm. Or can you create your own evidence for yourself? Yeah. Like, can you be expanded by someone else's evidence? She's doing it that way. I want to do it that way. Yeah. And so, you know, I want to be expanded by the way that she's doing it rather than a lot of people will get triggered, right? Yeah. Like if someone looks like, you know, money comes easily to them and success is easy to them, they'll be like, oh, like she doesn't deserve it or do, 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 do. But you yeah. create separation 
from that person and you'll never become that person because you have this like separation from them. Whereas if you can see that this person is similar to you, they're also a human being. They're not that different or special. There's nothing about them. Yeah. But you be ex you let yourself be expanded by what they're doing. That's going to create more of that connection and you can identify with those parts of you that that person exhibits yeah. that you wish you exhibited in yourself and then you can start to identify with that and flow with that and you know it is like i'm gonna say it is tricky to do that because we've known this getting yeah. away from pain for so long but if we can start to move into that and just trust in ourselves and have this like self-trust belief like this solidness inside ourselves that eventually it will work when it starts to go down you have the faith that it's going to go back up again yeah well it's just having you know taking pleasure and trusting in the process and finding those little bits along the way in the process that you're like oh i actually enjoy doing this mm. rather than being so focused on that end result whether that's like pursuing you know i really want this thing i'm working towards this getting this thing because i want it mm. or you know I need to get away from this thing mm. and so I'm working really hard to get away from it it's just like okay mm. well how can I enjoy the journey so as like a as a coach from a fitness perspective if you had a client who was um I'm just gonna turn this this way <laughs> a little bit okay should we say perfect <laughs> <laughs> if you had a client that did have that all or nothing mindset when it came to either exercise or nutrition what are some little things that the coach could do to help them um, recognize that, you know, pleasure in the process or mm. help them get towards the, the pleasure motivator versus the pain. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is the thing and this is like, this is unrelated to AWPT, but in my business coaching, um, we have a course coming up called Conscious Coach and this is mm. what this is all about because oftentimes the coach will just say, do this. Yeah. Like you just got to do it. Like you just got to like, you know, stop what you've been doing before and just change and just do better and be better and all those kinds of things, which, yep. you know, is not helpful because we really need to create that safety for our clients if they can't get created in themselves. Yeah. And the way that we do that, do that is through connection. So coaching is all about building relationships with your clients and finding out what the reasons are for their behaviors. Mm -hmm. So you do have to do a little bit of digging and you do have to like build rapport and trust with your clients first so that, you know, they do open up to you and they do tell you the things. The reason. Yeah. The things that are underlying those things, which it takes time, right? Like, yeah. and so not, telling your clients that they need to change things straight away is number one. So I can give an example of, and I, I give this example quite a lot of a client coming in and just saying like, I only want to train lower body. I don't want to yeah. train upper body kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like that's okay. Like if I was to give her an upper body session straight away, I would lose a client and then she would get zero results. Yeah. Right. And so we did that for the first couple of weeks, but you know, there were some things that I put in there that were like lower body exercises, but you had to like hold a barbell or hold dumbbells and you're isometrically yeah. training your upper body anyway. And then a few weeks later she comes in and she asks, 
can we do some upper body? Like my shoulders are looking really nice and toned. And I was like, that's a great idea. Um, And so she trusted me and I listened to her and I listened to what she was saying. So if someone has an all or nothing approach to their nutrition, I'm not going to change anything straight away. Yeah. I'm going to maybe change one small thing and that might at first be their training. Yeah. Okay. And so then, you know, usually with training, they might feel a bit hungrier and they might start to like eat a little bit more on their own yeah. without me pushing them and saying like, you got to eat more, you got to do this, yeah, you got to do hit that. This um, and also having that conversation of like, what are the underlying beliefs of eating more? Okay. Like I've been told that carbs are going to make me fat. You know, and then I can put the education piece in there because I think education is, you know, number one, but it is going to take time. And the biggest thing, and I said this earlier on in the podcast, is that compassion if they stuff up. Yeah. Because if you've been doing something and it's a habit and you've been doing it like over and over and over, um, and that's, you know, kept you safe and it's kept you alive and all the things. It will take time and the first step is Mm self-awareness. So you might get them journaling on like when they're feeling the feelings coming up. You know, if they, for example, were to, you know, again, say they were to restrict themselves and then they had a binge. It's like not shaming or blaming or judging yourself for the binge. And again, you as a coach, not doing that to them either and giving them compassion for what they've, done but having that awareness around it so awareness is something that again you build over time so you might reflect on something at the end of the day and be like oh I did that thing again Mm -hmm. and then it might become a little bit closer to the thing it might be right after that you notice you just played that out yeah but still just saying like oh that's interesting like why did I do this? Like getting really curious around it. Yeah. Because when you go into your emotions of shame, blame, your thinking rational brain shuts down and you're just in your emotions. So eventually what will happen is, you know, you might just play it out and you're like, oh, okay, Um, that's interesting. I did that. You know, I realize I feel these things, you know, it might be, it might start to become while it's happening. Yeah. And then you realize, okay, like I'm binging right now, but you know, I have compassion for myself, da, 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 da. Then eventually it might be, okay, I feel like I want to go and binge right now. Yeah. And then they might still play it out, but it's still like having compassion for that as well. And then eventually what happens is they're like recognizing I'm about to play this out, but I'm going to choose different. I'm going to go journal on how I'm feeling right now instead. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, again, like the next time it happens, they might still binge, you know, but it's not going backwards. It's just, you know, progress isn't linear linear. like this. It's always up and down like that. So I would say in recap of all of that, self-awareness is the biggest piece. Mm -hmm. And then once self-awareness, you have that self-awareness, then you have choice. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, it's your responsibility to create that choice in your, in being able to create that choice for yourself. Yeah, no, that's such good advice. And yeah, as you said, like from the coach's perspective, it's about 
helping them be more more self-aware and asking them the questions that help them be more curious about themselves and their own habits mm. so that then they can make changes and decisions based off that. And yeah. then educating them, yeah. obviously, along the way as yeah. well. Which, and, and also being compassionate. Like, yeah. you know, don't shame or blame or, like, project yeah. onto your clients. Like, I've heard this happen before where... Um, a business coaching client had come from another container and they're like, I did not feel safe in that container. You know, I was just told that I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't doing good enough and that I just had to try harder. Mm. And um, that's, that's projecting like this coach was probably, probably still wounded yeah. and they were probably projecting like, no, you just need to try harder. You just need to do better. You just need to, but it's like, when you can actually sit in the discomfort of, okay, why isn't this client progressing? Mm. What can I do to help them? But how do they need to take more responsibility and how can we be compassionate in this? Yeah. That's the only way that these things will change because otherwise you're still working from avoiding pain. You're in your emotions. Your mm. rational brain is not fully functioning yeah and it's just you don't have clarity you don't have you know all the parts that are your true self being able to do the do their things yeah no 100% and even like from the perspective of having compassion when you know that there are like better habits or whatever like this is something that I have to remind myself of when I have clients come to me and you know say things like oh I'm gonna start intermittent fasting or like oh mm. I've decided I want to do the 5-2 diet or something like that and mm -hmm. then having compassion for where they're at in mm. their journey and that they haven't necessarily mm. like the reason that I feel a certain way about things is because I've had experience with them yeah. that and you know again going back to that whole avoiding pain thing is I think some of the the reasons that we get so passionate about wanting people not to do a certain thing is because we want them to avoid the pain that it might have caused us yeah. or like the you know having it lengthen the time frame to get the results because it was just silly um but yeah having <laughs> having the compassion for where they're at in their journey and that they haven't experienced the same things that you do mm. or have and so um allowing them time potentially to figure that out but also you know giving them the education piece but then you know the decision ultimately is sort of up to them um but with that in mind too there was another question that came through from mitch in relation to um women's health mm -hmm. and he said as a male coach what is the best way to speak to female clients and a broader female audience about women's health that's both respectful and considerate without a hint of mansplaining which i think is such a good question oh mitch like you are such a legend like uh -huh. mitch yeah mitch is is in female specific nutrition yep. he's done awpt like honestly the male coaches who are asking these questions you guys are going to be yep just a godsend for your female clients. Like I am so just proud and stoked that, you know, a male coach is asking these questions yeah. to become, cause like number one is empathy. Like mm -hmm. as a male coach, like having that, that empathy of like, okay, she's actually different to me in terms of physiology. She's different to me in terms of psychology. Yeah. And, and that's a beautiful thing, right? Like we need that in the world, but 
just having that empathy and realizing that there are differences. I'm never going to experience having a period. I'm never going to experience like all these different stages and all these different emotions and hormones and fluctuations that are going to happen over the lifetime. So I think you're already on the right track, Mitch, because you're asking the right questions and you already do have that empathy of, Mm -hmm. you know, I am different, you know, you're going through something that I will never understand. And I think saying that is huge. It's like, look, I, I don't understand, like I will never understand what this is like, but I do have this theoretical knowledge that may help understand that because, you know, going back to the education, understanding the mechanisms, that's the truth, Yeah. right? Like the science is the truth. And then also just asking your client how they're feeling Mm -hmm. is huge. And so being able to ask them, you know, for example, I'll give a really great example here for me is I teach on training during pregnancy and postpartum. I have never had a child. I've never been pregnant. Mm -hmm. I, um, yeah, I don't have a baby. I don't know, but I just ask everyone like even the women who go through AWPT and we were doing the workshops and things like that I would ask them like are you a mum or has anyone you know there were mums there there were females who were pregnant actually doing the course there were you know people trying to get pregnant and things like that and so I would just ask and get as much experience from everyone else as I could And that has allowed me to become more empathetic because what I can do now is I can see patterns. Yeah. So I can see similar things that people tell me and then I can draw my own kind of like conclusions and things like that and be able to dig deeper into, you know, because people are still humans. Like even though, you know, we've got males, we've got females, pregnant, not pregnant, whatever it is, we're all human beings. We all experience emotions. It's just going to be a different experience for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so understanding that everybody has a different experience, but it's a different experience of the same emotions that every human being has. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that is huge. And then being able to, you know, just respectfully say, you know, offer advice of like, this is my understanding. This is my knowledge behind this. Because as well, like a lot of females don't actually know about their period, about their cycle, about what's happening. And if you've studied it, you probably have a greater theoretical knowledge, even though you don't have that personal experience about it. Like, you know, I, in my courses that I've done um, through my physiotherapy degree on pregnant women, I was like, wow, like I knew none of this. And then I go and ask like my mum, you know, my auntie, my cousin, you know, the people in the course, like literally everyone, I'm just like, do you mind if I ask you these questions? Like, and, and in a really, you know, a really respectful, safe way is incredible. And, and it's not like, it's not like a male coming to tell you this. It's like, it's asking because, you know, again, you could learn all the information and be like, you should be strong during your follicular phase so we're going to go heavy and then it's like well actually I like I personally feel kind of flat and watery and yeah stuff so you know it's it's really just 
empathy and asking. So 100%. really great question, Mitch. Appreciate you. Yeah, I think even just like creating a space and a relationship with your client where you feel comfortable talking about you know, women's health and hormones and and periods and whatnot. Because then I think from the client's perspective, like I know if I had like a male coach that just sort of dropped different things into conversation, it would then make me feel more comfortable to be like, oh, I'm actually on my period today. Like I'm not feeling great. If if I know that like he can handle that kind of conversation, because I think as women often we've been conditioned not to talk about these things because we feel like you're dirty about it especially with men so if you're able to create a dynamic with your female clients where they know that you feel comfortable talking about it then it's just going to make that discussion Mm. so much easier and make that process easier and they're also going to be more receptive to hearing what you have to say because it's not going to come from a place of mansplaining it's just going to come from a place of like oh yeah like I'm really open to these kind of discussions it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable let's talk about how you feel right now let's talk about like some of the science behind it and I think they're going to appreciate the fact that you know you're looking into these things and that you know a lot of people don't and I think as well like we are normalizing the conversation a lot more just mm-hmm. by talking about it exactly I also think it is slightly on us as yep. women like it's our responsibility yeah to speak openly about it like instead of waiting for the men to come to us and be like so like do you have your period right yeah. now like whatever <laughs> it is like I'm just so open like yeah I'll just be like oh like this happened or like yeah. got my period like you know and if that if that makes someone feel uncomfortable, that's actually that's on, on them yeah. because this is such a natural, normal thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's really great that we're having this conversation more. Definitely. Right now. Um, next question is, let's change gear a little bit. Um, okay, here's one. Knowing when is a good time to launch or when to hold back and save the idea. How much is too much and how much can I trade? Ah, really great question. So, yeah. So with this, it's again, like it's that self-awareness piece. Like where are you in business? Because, you know, if you're just starting out, I would say like one thing or two things one or two things, focus on those, focus on speaking to those things and focus on really building brand reputation, building, you know, your signature offers, get really well known Mm -hmm. for those one or two things. Maybe it's a high ticket, maybe it's a low ticket. Yeah. So you're covering like accessibility for whoever wants, you know, more access or less access, but still access. Um, So it, it really comes down to where you are in business. I, for example, launched AWPT nine times mm. before I even create, or maybe maybe a few less, maybe like yeah. seven, but I've run it nine times live. Yeah. Um, but it was probably like seven or eight times that I'd run it before even creating a new course, creating like mm. the menstrual cycle course or the female specific nutrition course. Yeah. And so that one signature offer just became a whole company yeah. and became the whole brand because I only spoke about that one thing over and over and over. Yeah. And so once you 
build that and once you gain trust from your audience now like well I mean we're going to talk about a new course later that I'm going to be actually teaching which I haven't taught an AWPT course in well, I don't even know how long when the last oh well end of last year but um you know I've moved into business coaching on my personal page and so I have that evidence of building a business and a company through AWPT people trust me in the yeah. education that I provide in the fitness space now I have evidence in the business space and then therefore I can really like nicely and easily transition over into business coaching yeah and now literally I have tons of offers yeah so all offers that are different but they still have the similar theme of different parts to building your business mm -hmm. and so now for me it's very much like launch 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 yeah but it's because I've launched one thing many different times yeah and I've 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 trialed and errored different launch strategies and you know see what works see what doesn't work refine da 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 all those things and you know regulated my nervous system because you know a launch would be so draining and stressful yeah. like the first couple of times whereas like when you have evidence of it actually working then it's like oh it's actually nothing to launch like I get excited yeah. to launch because yeah. I get to speak about something yeah. else that just lights me up so it really depends where you kind of are in your business I think if you're not currently launching anything and you have an idea just run with it like yeah. before it's perfect before it's even done if you've got the idea map out like the general framework so you know what to speak to with your audience yeah and um start posting about that and then start speaking to it yeah a hundred percent so just move yeah definitely i think i was talking about this with one of my social media clients the other day in relation to offering a service such as coaching um and she wanted to do ads for it to, mm. to just launch this new program and she wanted to just go straight in with ads and mm. I was sort of trying to explain to her that especially for service-based businesses people need to, people are buying from you mm. so they need to like know and trust you it's not mm. like when you're scrolling and you see an ad for a product and it's sort of like what well, what you see is what you get yeah. um, and so you like click and you buy it for a service-based business, people want to really sort of know who you are, know what you stand for, know what your personality is like, and also have somewhat of an understanding of, you know, the education and the potential quality of the service that you can offer. Mm. And so, yeah, I think 100% you're right. Like, if you have, you know, a certain brand identity around the, the services that you offer, your ethos around those services, and then also if you're thinking of coming up with a new course or a new offer, talking about it a lot beforehand so that people... Mm before they before you even or before they even know that they're about to be sold to yeah they know and trust your opinion on the topic or your expertise on the mm. topic as well i think that is such good advice because that ad money can be better spent elsewhere yeah, yeah. it can be better spent on like your own investing in yourself mm -hmm. so you make sure that your offer is solid and you know maybe yeah like content like yeah. content is going to be yeah. the number one thing that Organic is going content. to sell your service 100% yeah 
definitely. Um, with that, in terms of talking about um, selling and the business side of coaching and, and whatnot, um, one of the conversations that I've been having quite a bit with coaches is obviously as we're coming into a recession and, and um, the cost of living crisis is going up, a lot of coaches that mm -hmm. I've been talking to have experienced um, clients either cancelling or withdrawing from PT and coaching because they can't afford it and they've got sort of money objections and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. How would you go about handling those kind of objections or even just having those conversations with your clients when they come to you saying, oh, I just, I can't afford it right now, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, this is a really good question because I actually don't play into mm. like, look at, like even looking at that. Yeah. Like I, if you look back in history, we've always come out of recessions. Yeah. And actually, if you invest in yourself in a recession, you're better off. Yeah. Because that is the time when most of the millionaires, billionaires in the world have been made yeah. is like through a recession, right? So the people who invested in COVID, like mm -hmm. look where they are now. Like, you know, for me, COVID was like such a blessing. Yeah. Like, you know, I never would have started this if it wasn't for that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I actually, like I'm a homeowner. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, like, I mean, I have a mortgage, yeah, I have an investment property and the interest rates are high, but I had money put away for yeah. that specific reason. And so I'm, I actually just, I don't know. I just don't even play into that. I don't even look, look into that, um, and play in that realm of fear mm -hmm. because I know it's going to get better I know it's going to come up I know you know I'm safe we're all going to be safe and if you can hold yourself in the tough times that just shows so much character mm -hmm. right like you know your health is number one if you don't have your health you don't have really anything yeah so you know I've I've definitely had this where clients have felt fearful mm -hmm. of like the money thing or whatever it is and but they've already invested. Yeah. And so it's like you could leave now, but is that going to serve you in the long run? Yeah. Like if this is something that you've wanted to do and this is something that is really important for you and for your growth, how can you hold yourself in that, know that you're safe, know that you're solid and that you're going to make money again? Mm. Like everybody knows how to make money and there is an abundance of money on the planet and like you're going to be okay. And I think that that character, like the person who can understand that because what happens is when we're in fear we're not rational mm -hmm. we're in our emotions right i like you know i have no money it's like do you actually have no money like do you have zero dollars yeah because why are you saying that if you have zero dollars because you're playing into that fear and you know you 
you attract what you are as well. So if you have no money, you're going to have no money. Yeah. But if you're like, I'm safe and I'm in the process of making money, you'll always be in the process of making money. Yeah. And, um, yeah, a huge thing is just like, if you can hold yourself and trust and know that you're going to come out of this and by, uh, you know, even investing in the times where like, I don't, yeah, like, I I notice things, but I don't actually, like, I don't, I might be ignorant to it as well, mm. but, like, is it really going to affect that much? And maybe for some people it is, but also, like, how do you hold yourself in those times? Because if you can hold yourself in the tough times, that is going to determine like how much you can hold in the good times as well. Yeah. Because of like the spectrum of polarity, right? Like if you like numb yourself to the bad emotions and things like that, then it's also like you're going to numb yourself to the capacity for you to hold all the good things. Yeah. If you're just kind of staying in the middle here and you're playing safe, like can I see my bank account go down and still feel safe that, things are going to improve. Yeah. You know, I've, I've definitely been through that throughout uh, my time in business is I've seen my bank account go down like more than I would feel comfortable with, but I know it's going to come. Go back up again. Yeah. Come yeah. back up again. And that's what money is. It, it flows. So in terms of, like, I guess that's more of a business answer, mm -hmm. but in terms of, you know, clients, like, you know, how much is their health, like how much do they value their health yeah. as well? You know, what is the cost of them to not mm -hmm. continue on with their health journey and their coaching? Are there other areas of their life where maybe they can pull back on? Yeah. Are they getting their hair done every so often? Are they getting their nails done every so often? Like, you know, if you are healthy, you're just going to glow naturally and you don't need fake lashes and, and, and nothing against it. But, you know, if you're healthy from the inside, you're going to glow on the outside naturally. Yeah. And so, you know, are you spending heaps of money on Uber Eats or whatever it kind of is? Yeah. Like, have a look at those other things because health and fitness should be a priority. It should yeah. be a non-negotiable. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good answer is, is just reminding them and having that discussion where they don't necessarily feel pressured. Like, they don't especially if they've got a fearful mindset around money, which is why they're coming to you in the first place, mm. not being like, ooh, like money. Mm. But having that conversation of, okay, well, yeah, like what's your health worth? Mm. Are you spending money in other areas that aren't as aligned to your values? Mm. Um, I think that's a big one. Is Are you that going everyone, drinking on exactly, the Exactly, which again defeats like the whole purpose of doing the fitness work that they're doing. So yeah. it's like, well, which one would you rather you know, commit to and cut back on. Um, but yeah, and that, you know, that advice works for now, but it also works for any time in business when you have sort of a money objection, mm. whether, you know, there's a cost of living crisis or a recession or not, mm. people are always going to use money sort of yeah. as an excuse. And it's also good, like, if you have other options. So if you have a scalable business model, if you yeah. have a one-to-one -one client who says, you know, it's a little bit much. Well, you have a group coaching offer. Mm -hmm. They still can continue on that journey yeah, uh, at a lesser price. And then they can come back to the one-to-one -one when, when they're ready. They're ready. Yeah. yeah. No, that's perfect. And then the last question is, I suppose, a bit more of a 
case study um, of a client who had a back injury during a during a workout. Um, this particular person, it says that they had they were doing glute kickbacks and the band or the cable attachment like broke off their ankle when oh. they were doing the kickback, so they yeah. strained their lower back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so they went to see a physio and they, well, the coach recommended that they saw a physio and then they took two weeks off training and then as they were about to get into training, they got COVID, so yeah. <laughs> had to take another week off. What would be your advice for ret- like a safe return to exercise for a client that is both recovering from an injury and then also being sick and then also hasn't trained in a month? Yeah. So, I mean, like I'm of the notion that if you have an injury, if you can still move, that's going to be the best thing for you. Mm-hmm. I don't believe like depending on the injury, complete rest is the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's optimally loading. So it's not like, it's not you know, complete, like just push through pain. Definitely don't push through pain. Pain is an indicator for you yeah um but if you can continue moving i would continue moving and doing what you can if it's a back thing you know i always look at what is causing instability Mm -hmm. there in the back or you know if it was something like a traumatic thing like that if it's a strain yeah it might need like a little bit of time off to recover um but when you're getting back into things it's just about progressing again so like bring it back um do what you can take it easy usually if it's a short thing like three weeks or something like that it'll take maybe a week to get back in and then you'll be like sweet to go yeah um but it'll just be about like slowly slowly progressing back to where you were keeping on moving um you know whatever the injury is like some stability work things like that Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, don't rush it. Like, just take it easy getting back into it. Yeah. And how do you or how would you go about um, sort of assisting that client? Because I think when it comes to back injuries and neck injuries, people get really freaked out. Mm-hmm. Just like they go straight into that. Fit. Like, even I did this when we did the AWPT mentorship and I like had something flare up in my back and I came messaging you. I was like, yeah. ah, I've hurt my back. What am I going to do? Yeah. Um, but yeah, how would you go about making the client feel comfortable when it is an injury that is not like life threatening or, ser- or like super serious, but people freak out about it? Yeah, so this happens a lot. Like the fear can also play into the experience of the injury mm-hmm. being worse than it actually is as well. So I just remain really calm and I just say like, you know, back and neck things, like I've seen so many of them. Yeah. And once you see so many of them, you know that, you know, you know how it's going to improve. Yeah. So I just say like, this really sucks right now. Like I know how this is you're probably going to experience like a couple of days where you're just like really struggling to move. If you need to, um, always consult with a pharmacist or something like that. But if you need to, you know, pain, um, pain medication or anti-inflammatories can be helpful just to allow you to move in a certain way. Um, coming out of that but I just reassure them like I've seen this before I know that this is really quite painful for the first couple of days but after a few days 
you know, the inflammation is going to settle down and it's going to be a lot more comfortable for you. There might still be like a slight ache Mm -hmm. and things like that, that we need to come back from, but usually they recover quite quickly if it's not more of like that long on ongoing chronic pain type injury. Yeah. So just reassurance is I think the biggest thing because you know, this catastrophizing actually can create it worse. So again, like, uh, appealing to your client's nervous system. And this is, again, this goes back to the conscious coaching stuff is really making your client feel safe and reassured is number one. Yeah. Yeah. And you obviously have that physio background. So you, Mm. you have the experience working with injuries and stuff like that. So what would be the point, I suppose, when you would refer to a physio if you don't have that qualification yourself when it comes to injury management? Um, so again, this would depend on the coach. Like if you've done like, I'm going to say like the course that we have coming out, like a course like this, you'll start to, you'll start to feel more confident, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not confident in your coaching abilities, if you're not confident in your anatomy and your biomechanics, in your injury management, then I would refer out. Mm -hmm. If you are, then uh, coaches can do so much. Yeah. Honestly, like towards the end of my physio journey, it was just like, why am I even putting my hands on people? Like there will be injuries where people need manual therapy. And Mm -hmm. that's when I think you should go to a physio. But a physio, and this is probably our next venture, is like teaching physios to work more with movement. Yeah. Because movement is going to be the best way to recover from an injury. If you have an injury and you go see a physio or a chiro, an osteo, whoever it is, they're only putting their hands on you and they're not giving you any exercises. Mm -hmm. That's a red flag because that keeps you in that cycle of, I'm reliant on this practitioner and I'm reliant on this cycle of like, you know, hands on, get out of pain, feel okay for a week or so, come back. Yeah. And that's a really great business model for those practitioners, (laughs) Yeah. but it's not ethical for the actual client. So it really depends on the knowledge of the coach. It depends how confident the coach is in helping this person, you know, because as a coach movement is going to be the thing that you can help them with. You're not going to be putting your hands on them. So, you know, like we said, if it's that back injury where it's like, Oh, the person's really struggling to move a traumatic, you know, go see a physio, go see someone, get an assessment, make sure it's nothing serious. You know, a little bit of manual therapy can help them move more freely again, but then there always should be this progression into back into exercise. Um, so yeah, I think if you're not feeling confident or if, you know, it requires manual therapy or requires like a diagnosis or assessment, you know, if there is some nerve issues going on, like some tingling sensations, um, shooting pain any like referred pain, anything that's out of the ordinary of just like mechanical, like your move, like if they have night pain, if they have any other red flags in terms of their health. So for example, if they have, or if they're experiencing weight loss, weight gain, if they're experiencing, um, things like, 
uh, like waking up at night, night, night sweats, if they're experiencing like lethargy, nausea, vomiting, mm -hmm. like headaches, anything kind of neurological, then that's when you would also refer out. And again, like depending on your level of experience in anatomy biomechanics, then that is going to determine whether you can actually help treat something like that yourself. Yeah. Um, which it's huge when, yeah. when you know, um, but yeah. That's yeah. And that just reminded me of one more question that we got and then we're going to launch the course. Yeah. But one of the questions that we had was what to do or how to approach a situation where a client asks you a question that you don't know the answer to. Um, I would say that's exactly what I would say. Yeah. It's like, you know what, like, I, that's a really great question. I'm not actually 100% sure and I don't want to give you an answer that is just a bullshit answer because mm -hmm. I don't know how to answer it. So I'm going to go away and find out and I'm going to come back to you yeah. because that is the number one thing that is going to help you meet yourself where you're at, mm -hmm. where you're not going to experience imposter syndrome because that's a huge conversation yeah. that we've been having lately as well, is if you just meet yourself where you're at, you know what you know, you know what you don't know, and you know that you're never going to know everything perfectly as well, Yeah. then you don't have this fear of imposter syndrome because you're not trying to be someone that you're not. Yeah. So, you know, and also build a really great referral network mm -hmm. because, you know, I love and I know a lot about nutrition. Like that was actually my first passion before I went into physio. And now I have Amy for that. Yeah. And, you know, I have clients in my mentorship and you know, they're telling me they have a gut issue or, you know, this came up on their blood work and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go check with Amy about this. Mm -hmm. I think this, but let me just double check with the expert. And yeah. so building a referral network is like super cool. Yeah. And I think clients really appreciate that as well because they know that you yeah. one really have their best interests at heart and you don't, and you're not just like bullshitting them for the sake of, mm. you know, not wanting to seem like you don't have all the answers. And yeah. I think clients can tell when you're like pulling an answer out of your ass. <laughs> yeah. I had that with a doctor. Like it happened once where um, the doctor actually in front of me pulled out a textbook and they looked up like where my blood work markers should be for that point in my cycle. Yeah. And I actually really appreciated that. Yeah. I was like, she's not just like telling me everything's okay for the fact that, you know, yeah. that's what she thinks is like, you know, you could see that she was actually double checking yeah, and making sure that she had the correct information mm -hmm. because like we do need to know a lot about a lot of things. Yeah. And sometimes like it's best to just confirm that, you know, what we are saying is correct. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So with all that in mind, if for example, one of the things that you don't know a lot about is, um, for example, hypothetically, <laughs> uh, female, uh, anatomy, biomechanics and programming, what would you recommend they do? Well, <laughs> we have launching our new course, which is female, is it female? No, it's women's. Yes. <laughs> the name of it right. Women's Biomechanics and Programming is our new AWPT course that we are going to be running in May. So it's going to be starting in May. It is a 10-week course and this is really an accessible course in applied biomechanics and programming for women. So there is currently nothing like this in the industry 
And, you know, I have such a passion in helping women. I have such a passion in movement, biomechanics, anatomy. Like it's my thing. It's my jam. And I really feel like I haven't brought a course to AWPT, to the industry like this course yet. And I am so, so excited for it because it is going to help coaches just feel so much more confident in their anatomy. Because anatomy, like, it's a boring subject, right? Like, I did anatomy for like a whole year at university and it can be boring and it can be like time consuming and it can just be really kind of dry mm -hmm. if you don't love it. But I want to bring anatomy in a way that is actually exciting and you can actually apply it. Yeah. So I find like anatomy was so boring just because of like number one, the teachers and the way that they were teaching it. And it was like, okay, but what does this mean in the overall scheme of things for training? So we're going to go through like the anatomy of all the major muscle groups, but not only that, we're going to talk about how you can apply it in your training and how you can overlay different resistance profiles, like your cables, your dumbbells, your barbells, your kettlebells, like your resistance bands in a way that makes sense to the muscle so that your hypertrophy programming can be more effective. You're not giving your clients redundant exercises that are the same thing, just wrapped up in a different way. Mm -hmm. And you can actually just make your programming super specific because we know that you don't actually build muscle when you train you build when you recover and a lot of the times we're just stressing our system so much we're already stressed that we're just not recovering properly and we're not seeing the results so the aim is to maximize efficiency minimize redundancy yeah and then also bringing in like the nuances in women's anatomy right because we have a different structure in case you haven't noticed mm -hmm. we are not as broad in the upper body as men we can't build as much uh, muscle and strength in the upper body as men and there are reasons physiologically for that which we'll dive into as well yeah and also there are going to be considerations for programming around that mm -hmm. so we're gonna go into the nitty-gritty the nuances you'll hear the camp saying like women should train the same as men and then you'll hear the camp that's like women should train completely different to men the answer lies somewhere in the middle and we're going to bring critical thinking to the industry so that you can actually make the decision for yourself based off your client and not speak in these like absolute terms mm -hmm. so that's that there'll also be um you know workshops on squatting benching deadlifting for our expressions of strength and how we can program for strength for our female athletes in a way that makes sense for female athletes because it's not going to be the same as men due to our recovery and our physiology. And I am just so looking forward to this course. Um, you know, anyone who's done my mentorship knows that a lot of the stuff that is in the mentorship is in this course. That mentorship, like we do dive deeper. It is at a really high, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say really high, but it's like at a higher price point. This course, for anyone who signs up in the first two weeks, we're currently at pre-sale, 
it is twelve hundred dollars. So incredible. This is insane. Like anyone who's done AWPT, AWPT was twelve hundred dollars. Like this course is over ten weeks, and we dive super specific into the anatomy and the biomechanics. And yeah, it's starting at twelve hundred dollars. You know, it's going to eventually be three k full price. So like, if you get in early, this is it's going to change the game. It's going to like confidence i'm going to ask tara in a second because she's been through the mentorship she knows the content um yeah just yeah a hundred percent i can't remember what i was going to say now but like (laughs) i just got too excited well i think too if you the confidence thing like yeah the the feedback that i've had from just the confidence that they've gained from actually just like spending time on anatomy Mm -hmm. and going through it is it'll just change your coaching a hundred percent because it also it just makes sense when you understand you know why the body is structured a certain way sort of anatomically and physiology physiologically but also i think if you like a lot of the content that we put on the socials in terms of the reels of like swap this for this Mm. and then wanting to know why Mm. this is a really good example of the type of stuff that's going to be included in this course because it's going to be talking about the different resistance profiles of the muscles. It's going to be talking about, you know, each muscle sort of specifically, and then also how you can apply Mm. the anatomy and the physiology to um, the exercises and the programming that you're doing for yourself and also for your clients. So, Mm. you know, um, an example that's always sort of really stuck with me. I don't remember if it was in the AWPT, the eight week, or if it was in the mentorship, but even something like a lateral raise, Mm. um, often, you know, you'll see people doing things straight out to the side, but then, you know, hearing you talk about how as women, we have smaller rib cages and they're flared in slightly. So making Mm. sure that in a lateral raise, you know, the, the arms are in line with the rib cage. That Mm. is something that really stuck with me in my programming, but then also like when I teach classes, when I'm educating, you know, other Mm. clients and knowing why something is the way it is and then how you can apply it in terms of tweaking and exercise and then being able to confidently explain that reason to your client. But then going even deeper, you can go into, okay, well, yes, so I, I do the lateral raise in that certain position, but then how can I make that even more effective as you know, in terms of the resistance profile, it's like, okay, maybe it's doing it on a cable or changing the angle of how you do it with the dumbbell, all of which is going to be included in this course, which is just so important and increases your, your confidence in terms of the way you explain things, the way you program, knowing that the things that you're programming are going to be more effective, aren't redundant. You're not just doing things for the sake of it because you, you know, saw one coach doing it, Mm. but knowing, yeah. And being able to sort of critically think when you see other coaches programming and all of that good stuff, it's, there's just so much to it. Yeah. I think there's a lot of things that we do just because like I've seen it done. I've always done it this way. Da, 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 da. And yeah, I think that knowing the underlying mechanisms will help that confidence and it will help, you know, those feelings of say imposter syndrome is like, oh, well, maybe I don't actually know where this muscle attaches and yeah. where it attaches onto and what action it is and what's its function yeah. in the body. And so, yeah, really maximizing your efficiency and your results for your clients, minimizing the redundancy so you can, um, recover properly and then also that confidence piece in terms of like knowing your shit and knowing what you're doing is actually 
like serving your clients, your particular client. Yeah. And especially your female clients. Exactly. Because obviously when it comes to our, you know, cert threes and fours that we do as coaches, we don't get taught, like we, we get taught, you know, to an extent how to program and like to an extent, you know, what some of the different exercises are that work certain muscle groups, but you know, there's no real depth to Mm. it. And I think definitely going back to that sort of imposter syndrome piece is it's really easy to feel sort of insecure about your knowledge of anatomy as a coach when, you know, you might be surrounded by exercise physiologists or physios that have a deeper understanding of anatomy. Mm. Um, So having a course like this where you don't have to spend four years doing a degree in, you know, physiology and anatomy and all of that kind of stuff, but you have that deeper level of understanding and also like, yes, that understanding, but particularly in relation to training your female clients. Because again, as you said too, in your course, like, and in your degree, that wasn't fully something that was touched on either, Mm. is the differences between that male and female, you know, anatomy, physiology, and biomechanics. Yeah, no, never. That was something that I just myself researched afterwards. So, yeah, I am so excited to to be bringing this course to you guys. Like, as most of you know, this is just my jam. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're going to be teaching it. I'm going to be teaching it. Like, I'm just going to be let loose, like yeah. unleashed in this. Um, and, yeah, I'm just super, super excited to be bringing this course to the industry. Amazing. Yeah. And so we will have all of the course details in the uh, show notes below for those listening to the podcast. But if you are also wanting more details, it will be on the AWPT Instagram and Facebook with links to purchase at pre-sale for $1,200, which is going to be only for a limited time and that price is going to go up. So if you know that this is something that you're wanting to do, if you're wanting to expand your knowledge of female anatomy, physiology, and then also how you can apply that into your programming, which I think That's the biggest piece. piece. That's the biggest piece. Um, Then this is the course for you. Amazing. So with all that being said, ladies and gents, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the AWPT podcast. If you did enjoy this, if you did enjoy the Q&A component, please leave a review. Um, Otherwise, we will be chatting to you, or Kayla will be here chatting to you next week all about breakups. Mm. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the AWPT podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it with your friends and fellow coaches and subscribe for weekly episodes and content.